Well, it's 7.07, and even if it is a day with a holiday coming up right in front of us, it's a day for Bible study here on Mornings with Mark without Gabe this morning. So sad, so sad. Hey, Pastor Tom. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, pull that thing up a little bit. A little bit more, yeah. Yeah, and uh, get it nice and close to you. Gabe knows you gave me permission to sit in her chair. I did. Okay. I absolutely did. Because I know it's like, this is like the captain's chair in the... Well... You got that right. In the private plane. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, sit in that one. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Good morning. And happy Thanksgiving to you and Melinda. Blessings to you and your family, Emmy, and the whole tribe. So, uh, are you, like, having a job like I have tomorrow? Vegetable cutter? No. No, you don't? I have to confess, in our house, I'm just a consumer. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I, I know to stay out of the kitchen, so it's like okay. I try not to. This know. is one of those rare days that I'm actually in there because my assistance really is needed. Okay. So I'm, you know, slicing and... Yeah, I'm just a... Learning how, constantly learning how not to cut myself. So. Yeah, let's hold up your digits. Are they all there? They're all there. Okay. They're all there. Good morning. Well, it is Bible study morning on this day before Thanksgiving, and uh, today we're going to get another lesson in Thanks Living. You brought turkeys with you? I did. Why not? Yeah, because Gabe started the conversation, and so I was like, I had to go figure out, are there turkeys in the Bible? Uh, Well, okay, Uh, we are in Deuteronomy 26, starting at verse 1 this morning. We are. All right, help me out here. Well, before we get there, though, I I started looking for this idea of turkeys in the Bible. Okay. Normally, I just sort of take a lead from you, and then Gabe mentioned it last week, and I'm going, hmm. Well, the best I could come up with is in Psalm 107, the, the writer says, let them offer sacrifices of Thanksgiving. So, okay, turkeys. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. You can stretch it. Yeah. And it declare his works with joyful sharing. Okay. And singing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so the scripture I want to look at, um, and part of it is in our community tonight, we're uh, finishing up a week long, nine days actually, we're going to host the last night called Thanks Living. And it's interesting that even when you think about, you know, why we celebrate Thanksgiving, you know, in terms of the, the, the pilgrims and all that they, and I wondered, and I've tried to do some research just to see if maybe they drew on this, but given mm. the fact that they were good Puritans, probably they did because the, the Old Testament was an important, important part of their journey. But, you know, here we have in 26, the, they're actually getting ready to go into the promised land. And so things are being set up for their process of doing that. Okay. And attitude. And so it's, it really is about obedience and gratitude, and, mm. or, or gratitude and obedience. So let's just read through it here. And okay. Uh, how far should I go? You can, you can read the whole thing. Whole passage? Yeah, okay. 1 through 11. This is Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. The title on it in my ESV is Offerings of First Fruits and Tithes. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in the office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand 
and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. Continuing in verse 5. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that your Lord has given you into your house. You and the Levite, and the sojourner who is among you. Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 11. Yeah, and it's amazing. I'm always you know, intrigued as you all pull your thought of the day together that, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, we could just read Spurgeon again and sort of say thank you because it gives context because he mentions, right, what, what does he say? When we bless God for mercies, mm-hmm. we usually prolong them. When we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. Hmm. Praise is the honey of life, which, by the way, you talked about milk and honey, right? Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> which a devout heart extracts from every bloom of providence and grace. Hmm. Boom. Yeah. And and just the beauty of that, or even listening as I was coming up, you know, to Andy talking about just what was going on, you know, with Trans World Radio and the ministry that they're accomplishing uh, through the, for the kingdom. But it's this messiness that we all are pushing through, and so it's interesting that even in this section that you've read from God's word that he, he reminds them of the affliction, you know, that there's this tension. And so, but this is their obedience uh, that if they're going to walk with God, that this is what they need to do. And so it's that attitude of gratitude we talk about or this thanks living that we want to try to unpack. Right. So as we have gone through this, I think I see where the thanks living is coming in. Right. Um, and I think I see that even though those who God is speaking to through, um, well, basically directly in, uh, in Deuteronomy 26, there's been some grumbling going on. A little bit. A little. Yeah. And God makes, has to make sure he sets this straight before they start doing anything in the promised land. Right. Right. And we know going in the promised land is not without some difficulty, right? I mean, right. Joshua's entire life becomes all about that battle. It's not just one thing. It's a series of things. And in his context, it actually is decades of leaning into taking the land. And it's not without literally battle and, and you know, all sorts of misery that comes with battle, right? As we even watch the news today of what's going on in that, in that very area. So I, I think, you know, first of all, you know, Deuteronomy 26 just gives us a perspective that we need to start out with gratitude and, and that there's even an action that's required, right? That there's, they have to gather the first, first fruits and they have to carry them in and they have to place them before the altar of the Lord. Now, when we think about our New Testament understanding, I mean, the reality is we're the church, we're the altar, 
right? Our lives. The Holy Spirit resides in us. You know, we've been talking about this in the last couple of weeks, you too. Have. Yes. Big C. Yes. Church with a big C. Right. Yeah. And so it, it, what I think is here is this connection between gratitude and obedience. And that, you know, gratitude is not merely a, a, a sort of a sentiment, but it, it actually translates into action. Action. Right. Right. And it's obedience to God's command. And that's what we see with the Israelites. But we also know their story is kind of messy. <laughs> they they get it sometimes, and for the most of the time, they don't, which I don't know about you, but I take solace in that because that's my story. Yes, I would agree. And, you know, we have talked a little bit on this program in the past about God being the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chances. Right. And... We keep coming back to him. And, well, really, you know, as I've been talking about, too, uh, two years ago, I read the Old Testament front to back. And it just seemed to me, I noted over and over again in my notebook, this book just seems to be all the time in almost every book, every history book in the Old Testament that records the history of God's people is God's people unhappy God's people walk away. Right. Holy Spirit of living God pursues God's people and tries to draw them back. Exactly. And those statements that keep coming up all throughout the Old Testament, if you will, dot, then, dot, dot. Right. Then I will. Right. Dot, dot, dot. So we have, again, this is, you know, sort of the, uh, the, 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 this particular section, you know, 1 through 11 is really sort of a liturgy if you will okay the process and mm-hmm. for good lutherans and presbyterians and methodists yeah. that's right you know, our and i think that's part of what's maybe missing in our culture today is just those rhythms and so let me just try to see if i can connect this so as i was pulling up i got a text message from lynn feldman who's a, an amazing woman in our church and she's literally at the bedside of her husband dan who is uh, 67 and uh, was diagnosed with prostate cancer or earlier this year, and he's just had a terrible journey. Just uh, although he's he's lived into it, and so I've watched him with a certain confidence. And mm-hmm. you know, he's one of those guys that would uh, follow me on our Bible plans together, and and so. But he passed this morning, and oh, wow. it, you know, and it's just that tension of my heart is sad, but also as we celebrate, you know. So wait, wait, wait! Before yeah. we go any further with this, I'm going to guess then that you were at the hospital when. Well, I left last night about 10 o'clock and, okay. and they had begun, you know, we, it's just been a crazy journey because like I was saying before we went on the air, just earlier this week, I was chat talking with him. I mean, it was a little you know, under some pain, but it was just like, wow, this, you know, really sobers mm. us. So I want to celebrate his life. But I also think when I look at his, and I shared this with the family as we started telling some stories after we prayed and the, you know, the nurses came and the doctors and gave some kind of context is to, you know, um, give a perspective. And it really is the fact that he loves Jesus. Uh, and now the Bible plan that he was reading, he gets to hear in person. Right? True. Yeah. And I'm sure, That's true. you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And this man was a fire. And even he was very humble and uh, sat a couple times to be the fire chief, but never wanted to do that, you know, the testing, mm-hmm. because that's just not the way he was wired. He didn't want to get into the, the management process. And so he was just a, an amazing servant. And even in these last couple months, he... At church, you know, it's um, we were doing some responsibilities like mowing the lawn together just to save the church a little bit of money. And he would try to get to the church before I did. 
<laughs> but it's those things. And so it's that obedience, right? In the long yes. direction. Yes. That uh, another great pastor talks about that we need to lean into. And so we go back to this scripture, you know, it's, and it is about ritual because sometimes we have to create habits that then become the overflow of our journey. You know, there is so much in the modern church that doesn't want liturgy. You said the L word, so I'm going to have yeah, to go. I got to respond to it. And there's so much in the church that doesn't want that because it is old fashioned and it takes us, you know, in a direction of memorizing and yes. all that stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting that before he passed away in the last year, Tim Keller. Right. Same way. Took his church back literally uh, into catechizing. Right. And he came up with the what he called the New City exactly. Catechism, right. which has now, just, there's been tens of millions of copies exactly. distributed. And Alistair Begg at Parkside in the Cleveland area has now, and of course, Truth For Life here on Heartfelt Radio, he also has gone into this with his church. And it has become a part of working your way towards membership at Parkside is that there is a certain amount of things that you really do need to know right? in order to be a member of And Parkside. then when, when you know them, then when life comes at you... Yes. Okay, when you're in those moments, and so, you know, just as we sat last night with a family, and it's just a beautiful family, just, it, it, you just see it played out. Because none of us know how right. we're going to respond in those moments. And so it's that early t- training, if you and We were talking about Vacation Bible School. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about our connection and Vacation Bible Express. And, yeah, right. right. It, it's just those memories about how important those things are for us in our faith journey. You know, we talk about those moments in life where, well, we need to recall the scripture we have memorized. Well, that's important, and I hope you've memorized Scripture. But if you haven't, and you've been at a church that's had some sort of catechistic, catechetic, whatever that word is, the adjective is. Process. Yeah, yeah process to it. Even if a Bible verse doesn't spring to mind right. immediately, what will spring to your mind is, I believe in God the Father Almighty, right. maker of heaven and earth. Right. And then you just, in your mind, you launch into the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, um, and it's there for you. Right. And you remember to remember to remember. And that's, we were talking about Spurgeon just before. Right. Spurgeon is big on, we don't remember. That's why we have to right. drill it into ourselves. Well, and again, if we look at the Israelites, I mean, are you kidding me? You just watched what happened with 10 you know, sort of amazing things, you know, as part of the exodus that got set off. And yeah. not one of those was enough to convince you that God was in charge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even as you push through it, and then it's interesting, even the story from, from Deuteronomy with the, you know, or the exodus with the parting of the, of the sea to then Joshua. And then that story is much different because there, in order to get across the Jordan River, they have to, they have to start out into the river first. You know, there's, right. it isn't like they wait for like Moses, you know, and you see it in the Ten Commandments, and I'm sure it'll be on this weekend, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the seas, you know, yeah, watch soon. the hand of God, you know, as, yeah. as Charlton Heston says, and it, the seas part, and it's this amazing thing, and they go across on dry land. But in the, in the story with Joshua, to take the promised land, and again, this story here in Deuteronomy is setting that up. Right. Yeah, we're getting right. to a very important uh, 
But it's, it's with, with work. Yes. And with diligence and with, with sweat equity, right? Um, even in the stories of like, even goes to the New Testament with Lazarus, um, you know, the idea that somebody still had to take his robes off. Somebody had to move the stone, right? Uh, yes, they did. Jesus could have done all that. And he's like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to do it. And I think that's the tension. So we go back to look at these things as, you know, some people want to leave the Old Testament. Well, that's Old Testament. You know, we're beyond that. And it's like, no, no, it, it centers up who we are and, and why we have ritual. So here we are as we approach Thanksgiving. We are less than 24 hours away from vegetable cutting and, I don't know, biscuits going into the oven and, or, or rolls or something like that, or a turkey being stuffed. Speaking of ritual, <laughs> um, you know, these secular rituals we have right. this time of year, but we want to make sure we turn in these next 24 to 36 hours the secular toward the sacred. Right, and I think I'm going to jump ahead. Sorry, I'm going to spoil Friday's thought of the day. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't <laughs> Which worry is about the art of Thanksgiving is thanks living. Yeah. And so it does begin back with this attitude of gratitude. Yeah, uh, by the way, it says unknown author. Right. It's you, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it might okay. be Paul Lintern, who's a good friend. Right? Yes, uh, yes, who's, a mutual I friend. Think, listening this morning. Mm-hmm. So. But again, it's that attitude of uh, how do we we push into these things? And I think even as we, th- I'm pushing through a series right now talking about you know purposeful living, but I'm trying to help our folks better understand Gen Z and Gen yeah. Alpha, Emma, Emmy, and her her you know tribe in terms of w- what are they looking for, right? And then they're looking. <sighs> Or belonging. What are they walking into? Well, that too. Yeah. But, but you know. Yeah, what are they looking for? Yeah, that's important. Go back and look at Deuteronomy. What are they walking right. into? The promised land isn't just like, here it is on a plate, you know, on the tray ready to go. It's like, oh no, this is, you know. And so part of the rhythms that God's trying to set up in, in that life of the Hebrews as they get ready to take this journey is, okay, here's the things you need to do. And so again, we go back to what we're looking here is that we start out first with God's provision Right, mm-hmm. and we take time to reflect on all the blessings that there are there in our lives, both big and small, and that we we begin with the idea that God is the source of our gifts, and in doing that, then if God's the source of it, it means that we aren't, and so there's that sense of humility and humbleness, right, that where we come before God and, and we we realize we're broken, and we're all broken, right? Yep. I heard uh, it's a part of the condition that we're. The condition that our condition is in, exactly. as the song from the 60s says. Yeah. So I heard a podcast yeah. this week with uh, Kyle Eidelman, who's a pastor down in, he's written a bunch of Christian books, you know, leadership books. He's in uh, Kentucky. And he was talking about, he was taken off a three-month sabbatical. And his concern initially was, well, if I just disappear from the church, I need to explain why I'm gone, because I don't want people to think I've had a moral failure. Mm. And it was interesting. One of his best friends said, dude, you are a moral failure. <laughs> Oh, it's nice to have friends, isn't well, it? Well, to point that out. <laughs> but and, yeah, but we are. We are. Right, that we are broken. And we that's are why broken. we need to stop. And and if we want to have a life of abundance and a life of, of perspective, even when we don't have. And so that's what I heard, you know, as I was coming in with, with Andy's conversation of just being reminded that it is Jesus, right? He is mm-hmm. our hope and our salvation, but it's the messiness of getting there. And so, you know, last night as I sat with a family, I just feel ill-equipped. Yeah, You know, as a pastor, as a friend, as a mentor, it's just like, Jesus, I don't like this. But then we have hope. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because um, I'm going to guess that that is probably not 
this last number of months with your friend, right, the elder at your church, Dan. Dan? Yes. I would guess that there was not much in your training in seminary that you were able to really put to use in the last 12 hours. Not really. Yeah. And so at that point, I mean, you know, especially as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 26 this morning, at that point, you really are leaning on the things we just talked about. Ritual and repetition, the things you know, the things you've been brought up to know, the things you are sure of, the things that you are betting your life on. Amen. Yeah. And that is able to allow you to sit by that family and look them right in the eye, isn't it? It is. And that's the hope. And so even as you read through this, and there's a lot we could do with this in terms of diving in and what's really going on. And so I'm really taking sort of maybe even the 30,000 foot view, because just to give some perspective, because this does the book of Deuteronomy, it's part of, you know, the book of the law and it's, you know, the the last book that's in those five books. And so we're trying to figure out um, what's going on here. And yet mm-hmm. it's being in presence. So I just, I, some highlighting I have is, you know, first it starts out it, in verse 20, in chapter 25, the last verse, the last sentence is do not forget, you know? And so it's those moments of hanging on that we, you know, we don't forget what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And so I even find beauty in the fact that the, you know, the, the, what we celebrate is the Eucharist or the, you know, the, the memorial meal or the, right. the Lord's communion. Supper, communion. Yeah. Yeah. It came out of the Passover. And the ritual yes. that is right. the Passover. Right. Yes. And I'm always, as I, even in these last number of years, as I do communion, whether it's in the Emmaus communion, wherever I'm asked to do communion and lead it, I'm always sort of struck by, you know, Jesus turns it all upside down in that moment, right? Mm. Even for himself, because he had celebrated that Passover meal many times. Yes, he had. So again, it's that ritual, and that's what we're, you know, we go all sorts of directions, but it's about being present with God, and just some of the highlighting is that, you know, as we as a dwelling for his name, you know, that these first fruits are offered up as a place where we see God, again, his provision. It's not about our work, although it takes our work, like the farmer, to get the fruit. Well, easy application. I mean, you know, leaving the food behind that right. we're going to experience in the next 36 hours if we give him the first fruits of our lives, if right. we reduce it just to a one-to-one equation between us and him, right. me and him, if I give him those first fruits, then he, it's another one of those if-then statements, isn't it? It is. If I give him those first fruits, then he will abide in me. Right. Because my heart will be ready for him. Right. To abide. And at, at the end of the day, you know, all of life is really about our relationship with Jesus. You know, we've talked about this many times, right? right? You know, right. if we just, if we're spending time with him, then the rest of life is going to take care of itself. And when life gets upside down, so even like Tim Keller's journey, I mean, watching that, I mean, it's just, or even Rosalind Carter, I mean, just, you know, pick people yes. that are in the yes. public sphere that we can see. And, and, and even thinking about why we celebrate Thanksgiving in America, and I mean, beyond the pilgrims, but it was really Lincoln who we need to draw on Zanotti to come in. Let's talk about yeah. Lincoln. Just and he did it. He proclaimed Thanksgiving. It was in the middle of the Civil War. Yeah, where he he did he, right. He wanted people to pause for a moment because you know when you got brother against brother, North against South. I mean, over you know some really hard issues. 
You know, it's interesting too, and and we're going to take a break here in a second, so we can uh, just reset for a second. We'll get Andre's forecast, and then we're going to land this Thanksgiving plane here in the next few minutes. But I was thinking about Rosalind Carter this week when she passed, and I was thinking about what Jimmy would do if he were physically able. Mm. Rosalind Carter passes away. I think it was Monday or Tuesday, right? Right. Monday. If he were physically able to do so, President Carter would probably be with his Sunday school class on Sunday teaching his Sunday school class. Absolutely. And remaining faithful. Right. Because it's it's the focus. At Plains Baptist Church. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. I mean, it's, it's humbling. It is. Let's take a moment. Yeah, let's do that. Thanks, Living. We're going to land that plane with Pastor Tom Repke coming up in just about two minutes. It's Bible study morning. We are talking about Deuteronomy 26, starting at chapter 1, and we also dipped into Psalm 107 as well. We did. Just quickly. About turkeys. Mm-hmm. As a sacrifice. <laughs> exactly. Coming up, we'll take a look at Andre's forecast here on Mornings with Mark without game. Those turkeys, I'll tell you. It's Bible study time on this day before Thanksgiving, 2023. Pastor Tom Repke is here from Linden Road Presbyterian. Great to have you back, Thomas. Good morning, Mark. Good to be here. Thank you. Okay, we've covered a lot of interesting ground. Well, we have. Yeah, we have. Uh, so, as we enter into Thanksgiving on this day before Thanksgiving, and maybe make sure we want to hang on to it all the way through tomorrow and all the way through this Advent and Christmas season to come, where are we going to start? Well, let me go to Lincoln. Okay. In his proclamation in 1863. Just not the whole thing, but let me just pull one particular paragraph. He says, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. Wow. Yeah. President of the United States talking about grace and mercy. In the midst of a great conflict. A huge conflict. Yeah. That is just, I think it's sobering. And, and it's no different than I would say, just what, in some context of what the Israelites just walked through mm-hmm. and what they're going to walk into and the messiness of all that. And so, again, it's perspective. It's, you know, the idea of gratitude and humility uh, and it's obedience, um, really, it's just those three simple ideas. and They're simple, but yeah, <laughs> not so much. We have to live them out. Let's walk through them one at a time. So, God's, First up? God's provision. God's provision. You know, we see it all around us. We do. I mean, it's unmistakable. I mean, from from those who feel like they have the least, still God is reaching. He is. And providing. And giving. Right. And we can be thankful for everything that we have in the midst of that because we've been perfectly provided for. I mean, the two uh, stories of the 5,000 and the 4,000. Right. Yeah. One, 
is the idea of abundance. And the other, with the 12 small baskets, exactly is the idea of perfect provision. Right, and all these, it's just interesting how I, I, I call it the playfulness of Jesus, you know, how he, mm. how he just does these things. And I, I love how our friends at The Chosen have sort of played those, you know, I've used both of those clips in they church. Have. It's just so amazing, the guys you can just see in their eyes, or even the story of when, you know, Peter's supposed to go put the nets down again. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, he looks at Jesus yeah. like, come on. You know, I'm the fisherman here. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. the carpenter, stay in your mm-hmm. lane. Right, and it's like no, but it's about that. And Andrew, Andrew winds up saying, "I told you, yeah. I told you, yeah. yeah, yeah." And so the beauty of those things, but again, even in the simple actions that we have. So mm-hmm. I'm reminded, even last week, went up to uh, take dinner to my parents, and we go to a little place in Huron uh, has amazing perch dinners. It's called the Sandbar, and they know me now. They know it's me yeah. picking up the dinner, and mm-hmm. the, the, the waitress was so excited because like there was nobody there. Oh, and, and season's so, over, right? Right. Yeah, and, and yeah. it was, just, but it was beautiful that you know she's like, "I'm so glad you came in because it's like nobody's here." And it's like, well, so I was, you know, fortunately I was could be a little more generous with the tip, but it was just this idea, even those kinds of kind actions, right? Where we yeah. get to be the, the provision, provision to someone else, and to live that way. And as a Christians, we ought to do that. We ought to be the ones that ought to be the most generous, right? Because of what's Amen. been done for us for life from Jesus. Provision is number one. Right. Number two, uh, humility. Mm-hmm. being sobered to the idea that we need to humble ourselves before God. Yeah, I think it's interesting, Lincoln's talking about you know, God's yeah. anger towards us and sin. Well, that, that anger was played out on the cross, right? That's it a whole was. other conversation. We didn't take his wrath. Jesus did. Oh, my goodness, right? That's why that phrase in the hymn says, humbly bow. Yeah. Because we're not bowing like, you know, we're walking into a room in a tuxedo. right. We're bowing before the one who gave everything he could give for you and for me. Right. And, and I think Lincoln's language, too, is just, you know, we've missed that in our culture. So yeah. the great hymns that we sing. So it's that. And then finally, you know, this idea of we need to commit, you know, to, to be being obedient, that we need to express mm. our gratitude through active, active working. So, again, back to our scripture for this morning, Deuteronomy 26, this right. process of taking the first fruits. Well, okay, that is even an implication there that sort of I got to separate it out. I got to know what the first fruits are, right? I got to know, be able to bring it and, and not the worst, but the best. And, and, and those things, when we offer them, it really is this idea of us offering a perspective that we know God's going to provide. That's why we tithe. That's why we give, right? Hmm. Is because we yes. know, and it's like, really? And I think I even heard that somewhere this morning in one of the, <laughs> somebody's message coming up in the right. car. So why we do these things. Pastor Tom, thank you. Thank you, Mark. For helping us focus in a little bit and frame some things as we walk through them. Not only this morning, but really in the next 36 hours and then on into the Advent season and right. Christmas season that follows. Right. And I go, again, it's going to be, you're going to hear it again on Friday. It's the art of Thanksgiving is thanks living. So it is an Amen. attitude in our hearts and our minds. Well, I know this is a time where um, we ask that you would pray us into this Wednesday, but let's go bigger this time um, into this season that we are about to embark on. And let's also direct our thoughts to a family that is... Uh, it's hurting yes. very, very much this morning right. in your church. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let's go to Psalm 100 to, to guide us. Okay. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. 
Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are the his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. The faithfulness continues through all generations. Jesus, we thank you for that truth. Thank you for your sacrifice that makes it real. And as we go forth in this week, this day, what we have to do today, tomorrow, and even in our attitude into this season, may we not miss your joy in our lives. In the midst of our messiness, may we proclaim boldly that you reign. And we're grateful for all those things. And we pray it through your strong name now. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thanks, Mark. Oh, Pastor Tom, thank you. So glad you came in, especially on the heels of a hard day for your fellowship. Kingdom work. Yeah, exactly. So, so. Um, a little over 24 hours from now, how many at the uh, Repke table? Uh, a few less. We're just things yeah. are yeah, family. So we're actually going to my parents' place. Up oh, very Point. nice. So very nice. Mom, mom and dad. and That'll be fun. Melinda, maybe my sister. So, yeah, it's small. And then. <laughs> Other things would be spread out, and some things we're going to right. do on Friday. It's just you know crazy season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for us, it, there'll be a few missing, but we uh, got the option on Wendy's brother and sister-in-law and her, their son. So, yeah, we're going to replace the three we're missing with three from Michigan. Okay. So, so it'll work out. It'll all balance out right. in the scheme of things. Good stuff. Have a great Thanksgiving. Sir. Blessings. All Same right. to you. Thanks, Mark. Pastor Tom Repke. And if people want to find out more about your fellowship and what you do on a weekly basis and in all during the week. Linden Road, spelled out, L-I-N-D-E-N-R-O-A-D dot church. Mm-hmm. And even tonight, we're uh, hosting the last in, in the Mansfield Community Night of uh, Worship and Thanksgiving. So. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Thanks, Mark. Blessings. Mu- mu- and to you and also to Melinda. And missing Gabe, too, by the way. Yes. So, <laughs> Those turkeys again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of Gabe. Little Babby Mason. Yeah, that'll make the day. Yeah, to take us out. 743 right now. <laughs>